Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and you're listening to us live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Exxon TV and on shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the shores of Lake Ontario in the province of Ontario in Canada. Our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is exxon at talkstarradio.com, on MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com, and our two websites, www.exxonradio.com, and www.exontv.com, and our new European website launches later on this week. My guest this hour is John Rowe, and uh, John is a retired airline pilot and spent 38 years in the cockpit of Delta Aircraft. During that time, he watched and listened as a UFO was sighted by one of Delta's jets near Atlanta, Georgia. At that time, 1967, John was the third pilot on a DC-8. The sighting was made not only by airline crews, but Atlanta radar. John states that a Delta jet actually chased the UFO with the Atlanta air traffic control providing permission to do so. Later on in 1975, John Rowe personally witnessed a UFO a half mile south of Brady, Texas. It crossed the road in front of John one night, less than 200 feet above the ground. Now, John had two dogs in the front seat of his truck, and they cowered, as he had never seen them do before or after during the sighting. And, John, welcome to the X-Zone. Hey, Rob. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's my, it's our pleasure. Uh, John, uh, UFOs and airline pilots, are they, a, are they a common occurrence, more common than we know? Yes, they are. Uh, very much so. Uh, First, let me say, I'm about to turn 65, and all these years, I'm not related these stories to my 37-year-old daughter, who I'm very close to. And I guess uh, I'd have to say in the past, if you mentioned UFOs, it seemed you were a member of some strange cult or a deranged, you were a deranged weirdo. Today, it's become more accepted with all the photographic evidence that exists and mm-hmm. with instances.
such as, as mine. Now, John, let if, you, if if we could, could we go back to the um, the time where you uh, watched and listened as a UFO was sighted by one of Delta's jets near Atlanta, Georgia? Sure. Uh, I think, you know, I, I need to preface this a, a little bit about pilots, if you don't, if you don't mind. Not at all, sir. Uh, professional pilots, I think, are probably your most credible sources for, for UFOs, specifically military and airline pilots. Both are highly educated, many with graduate degrees and everything from law to aeronautical engineering. And the selection process of, of these men and women is very keen, and, and only the uh, very best are selected for these careers in aviation. Uh, for instance, uh, today an airline transport rating is considered a doctorate in aviation. And this is due to the long process education experience that's required. So, and even military pilots must upgrade to this rating uh, before becoming an airline captain. So our position comes not so much from art of just flying the machine as it does from years of experience. All right, John, I'm going to ask you to hold on here because I've got to take a commercial break and I don't want to cut you mid-sentence. John Rowe is our special guest, and uh, John's website is www.animalnutritionbook.com. John Rowe and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute break discussing commercial pilots and UFO sightings as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, exclusively on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave. John Rowe and I return in two minutes. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. John Rowe is our special guest, and uh, John was a pilot with Delta for 38 years. And, uh, John, again, thanks very much for coming on and for sharing with us here in the ExoNation your experiences with UFOs as a professional pilot. You bet, Rob. As we were talking about there, I was trying to establish a little bit of credibility for for pilots Mm -hmm. uh, and why you don't hear a lot of them uh, talking about UFOs. Uh, I think it's sort of important for your listeners to understand the dynamics of uh, the airline's cockpit and what goes on so they can appreciate this story that I'm going to tell you shortly and what transpired on this occasion. As you said, it was in 1967. At that time, I was a 23-year-old flight engineer who was the third pilot on on a Delta Airlines DC-8. At that time, that was one of the more desired airliners. Carried 120 passengers, three pilots, four flight attendants. Been uh, at that uh, time, uh, the position of a flight engineer. My job was to monitor and manage the various systems of the airplane. And the, the most important uh, aspect relating to the UFO incident was that I monitored all the radio frequencies pertinent to the flight, including the company radio. The company radio was normally not monitored by the uh, two flights, uh, two pilots actually flying the airplane. So it was, a, it was a clear day. We were in cruise flight at 35,000 feet. We were between Meridian, Mississippi and Atlanta, Georgia. And I heard over the company radio mention of a UFO sighting by a Delta Convair 880 crew who were 100 miles ahead of us near Atlanta. Immediately, I informed the other two pilots, and we uh, tuned in the air traffic control frequency for that aircraft's position so we could uh, listen. You have to understand that Convair 880 was the fastest airliner in the sky at that time. It cruised at .88 Mach, which is 88% of the speed of sound, and that's fast. In descent, I've seen this airplane up around .95 Mach. Anyway, the 880 was talking with Atlanta 
their traffic control and asked them if they had this unidentified object on radar. At first they said no, and shortly they came back with the object's position, but no altitude. I might add at that time all our aircraft and air traffic control had the old tube-type radars. Unless your aircraft had a transponder transmitting your current altitude, well, there was no way ATC could decipher an object's altitude. So the pilot of the 880 identified the object as appearing to be cylindrical with blinking lights, different from what he had ever seen before. The object appeared to be about five to ten miles away from him and traveling at the same speed. He then asked air traffic control uh, if they would allow him to give chase and to go off course so he could obtain a better look so as to positively identify it for air traffic control. They approved his request. The pilot was advising uh, them of his chase and his attempt to catch this object, which also increased its speed. The pilot commented he was at maximum allowable airspeed and the object was leaving him. And finally, it disappeared from his view. Atlanta Air Traffic Control confirmed they had lost it from radar. Later on, I spoke with the pilots of the 880 on the ground, and they provided me with this account as well. Ironically, a few weeks later, I contacted Atlanta Air Traffic Control on the uh, ground phone to ask for information on this incident, and they denied its existence, which I'm sure you've heard that before. Yes. And uh, from there, if you'd like, we can fast forward to what happened in Texas. Sure. Uh, we jump forward to 1976. <clears throat> Excuse me. At that time, I had a bird hunting lease on a ranch near Brady, Texas. This is located in the hill country of South Texas. The ranch was located only a mile south of town, as you previously mentioned. On the ranch, there was a radio tower with a blinking red light on the top, and it uh, rose 300 feet above the ground. This tower was located alongside the gravel county road that ran from town to the ranch headquarters. On this particular evening, I'd been to town to have dinner at the local barbecue restaurant, and I was returning in the truck with my two dogs, a Labrador named Mandy and an English setter named Lucy. We were on our way home, and it was dark, clear night, with nothing in sight except the stars and that red light blinking top of the radio tower alongside the road. Mm -hmm. I was traveling due south, and about halfway to the camp, I noticed a bright light off to the east, my left, 
traveling in my direction. It looked exactly like the exhaust from a jet engine's a jet fighter's engine, which I thought unusual, as I would not be able to see the exhaust unless it was going away from me, or it had his afterburner lit. This area was frequented by military, as it was a training area, so it's not uncommon to see fighters in that area. However, fighters normally do not use their afterburners unless they are taking off or going supersonic, and then the noise is pretty much deafening. This is when I knew something strange was happening. I stopped the truck and was looking directly at the 300-foot tire ahead of me, no more than a football field ahead. Both the windows were rolled down, and the dogs were looking out their window, enjoying the cool autumn breeze, and then it happened. This bright light that I thought was a fighter was approaching me and was very close. There was no sound whatsoever. Suddenly, this light, which was so intense it was almost blinding me, was between me and that tower. I could still make out occasionally the blinking light atop the tire. So this unidentified flying object was less than 300 feet above the ground and less that in front and above my truck. I glanced over to make sure the dogs were okay. Never had I seen two animals as frightened. Both were cowered together on the floorboard, and these are hunting dogs accustomed to the bright muzzle blast and sounds of a shotgun. Normally, they were fearless. This object never stopped moving. It merely slowed over the road in front, and then it accelerated at a speed I could only say had to be supersonic and above. And as I said before, the most ironic thing about this, there was absolutely no sound. It was deathly quiet. I was dumbfounded, to say the least, and I just sat there reassuring the dogs we were alive and all right. The rest of that night, these two dogs were uh, still in a state of shock, and uh, they were on each side of me in bed. I guess the most difficult part of all this was the fact that I couldn't share it with anyone for fear they would think I'd gone off the deep end. So, you know, thanks to you, I'm I'm sharing this for the first time. We're honored, sir. Was your vehicle running when the UFO passed over it? Yes, it was. And uh, it's something I I kept thinking back to, uh, you know, did anything unusual happen to the truck, and it didn't. As uh, as I've heard on uh, shows before and read about with uh, engines being turned off mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they start magically and different things, but there was nothing I could say uh, more or less occurred than what I just uh, reiterated. 
How did the animals, uh, how long did it take for the animals to get back to their usual selves? It was, uh, well, the next day we were uh, back out quail hunting that morning, uh, just the two dogs and myself, and I really didn't notice anything uh, unusual the next day. They, uh, But that night they were... Uh, you know, they were they were almost like a couple rocks. I mean, they were just it was like they were totally drained of of all energy and uh, mm-hmm. just almost listless. John, please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break and the news. John Rose, our special guest. His website is www.animalnutritionbook.com. And John, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show tonight and for sharing your stories with us. John Rowe and I return on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues right here on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back after the news. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. John Rowe is our special guest this hour. John is an experienced pilot with Delta Airlines. He was with Delta for 38 years, and he is sharing for the first time his experiences as a pilot with UFOs now. A question about the sighting that you had uh, away from the uh, the cockpit when you were in Texas near the near the tower. Did you notice any missing time in your encounter? No, I really didn't. Uh, I never I never even thought to uh, to look at the time before or after. Uh, you know, when, okay. when it was just myself and the dog. It was dog. It was my. Uh, my time away and uh, sort of put the watch aside because I had to live by it uh, with the uh, career that I had. Did you notice any uh, electromagnetic fields that were being emanated by the craft? 
No, I really didn't. Were there any sounds uh, of of uh, an electromagnetic uh, energy, or was there any electrical sounds, or nothing at all? Absolutely nothing at all. I mean, it just if you can imagine a, uh, uh, a jet that flew in front of you that was soundless, slowed down, and then uh, accelerated, that's what it would have been like, except there was no apparent... Uh, Fuselage. It was nothing mm-hmm. but just such an intense light that uh, I really couldn't was not able to make out anything other than occasionally I'd see this blinking red light on top of the antenna. Now, did you have any strange dreams after your encounter? I really didn't uh, didn't sleep the rest of that night. I mm-hmm. was I was just rolling around mostly uh, wondering, uh, you know what had really happened here and, and what this could be. Uh, you know, pilots, if, if they have uh, one thing that's possibly a, I don't know, you could say it was a fault, but uh, we're, we are sort of mandated in, into becoming perfectionists and that we lead sort of a black and white type existence in the cockpit of an airplane. Either things work or they don't work, and you know there's there's a reason uh, for everything yes. to, to function. Well, you know, most of the night I was, I was sitting there thinking, you know, there's got to be a reasonable explanation for all this, and so you know, I was I was certainly bothered, but I never felt there were any strange physical manifestations or anything that were related to this, as I have uh, heard other people talk about uh, I would say uh, I was pretty much normal other than you know obviously disturbed Certainly. what is the protocol for a pilot who sees a UFO or believes he sees a UFO well I would say there's there's not any uh, except uh, let me give you a, a, an analogy someone sent me a email recently and uh, there was a captain of, uh, of a plane that had a uh, blind lady on, on the aircraft with the CNI dog. Well, they were making a stop, and uh, the lady was staying on. They were going through, but it had been a fairly uh, long flight. So the captain went back and asked the lady, said, you know, can I uh, take your dog for you? To, there's some grass down here, and I can take him down and let him go to the bathroom. So he put his sunglasses on, and he walks down the flight of stairs, and uh, he's got his uniform, his hat on, and by his side he's got a a blind dog, a guide dog with him. Mm -hmm. Well, you can imagine what the people thought when this gentleman walked off the airplane. I mean, who in the hell would want to get back on his plane? Well, that's exactly... Oh, heavens. That's exactly what what we face, and why that we don't talk about it is because, especially back during that era, that time period, um, we lose all credibility, and we actually almost lose it among ourselves in the cockpit. But um, uh, we never have any directions or 
or anything from the company saying, you know, don't don't say anything about this or whatever. That's never come about. It was just sort of a a thing that many of us uh, saw things, but mm-hmm. we just never talked about them. Air traffic control, uh, do they have the ability to pick up unidentified flying objects if the object does not have a transponder then? Today they do. Back then, it was even on the radars we had, we could occasionally pick up an airplane or something that was ahead of us. It was nothing more than just a quick blip on on the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, with the technology that's out there, they can definitely uh, pick up things, even though there's no transponder. It doesn't make any difference. So in today's technology, I guess a transponder would only give the identification of the aircraft? That's right. That's exactly right. And it, will, <clears throat> it displays uh, all the information, the uh, altitude, the airspeed, you know, everything mm-hmm. pretty much is in the cockpit. It has to do with uh, forward flight is... Uh, is uh, illustrated there on their screen if they want it to be or they can just uh, fade that out and, uh, and use it as just a, an image showing the direction you know I've, I've seen there's a there's a computer uh, uh, there is a website that shows all the aircraft in the sky at any given time and I the name of the uh, site escapes me right now but I'll tell you something when you look at that I don't, you know, people think you look up in the sky and you see this big, massive blue sky and you see one, two, maybe three airplanes and you say, my gosh, you know, wow, look at all that empty sky. And then when you look at the map and see actually how many aircraft are up there at any given time, God bless you guys for the great job you do. Well, that's that's true. Thank you. Uh, it It's like uh, a Christmas tree with... You know, hundreds of lights on it, and you take that Christmas tree and transpose it on your TV screen, and that's that's what air traffic control looks like around the major airports. And it is pretty scary. It's a it's a test, testament to the uh, air traffic controllers and the hard, many hours they put in, the hard work. And believe me, they're overworked and underpaid by our great government. Their uh, their rate of uh, uh, medical retirements is phenomenal, and uh, a lot of it's depression. There's been some suicide, and just a lot of things related to the high stress of that job. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is our toll free number. My guest this hour is John Rowe, and uh, John has been sharing his experiences with UFOs as a commercial airline pilot. And, John, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show tonight and sharing these experiences with us. Um, the the new avionics that are out, I'm thinking about the new Airbus, double-decker. How do you see this uh, affecting the future of air flight? Are you, uh, are you specifically referring just to the, the avionics and the high-tech equipment? Are you talking about the size of the airplane? Both. Uh, I don't really know what's going to happen in regards to uh, how much acceptance there is of these, or, or how, what the acceptance will be of these giant airplanes. You know, uh, by the time they get here, it may be like cruise ships. People may not 
want to fly on something that large. Uh, personally, uh, I see a groundswell of people migrating towards general aviation, small jets. They're sick of airports. Mm-hmm. They're sick of the terrorist threats. They're sick of security and not being able to take their bags with them. So many people are going the way of general aviation and the small jets, and they're building them now. Well, it's only four or six seats in the airplane uh, that are uh, becoming more and more affordable. As far as technology is concerned, there's more technology in the triple uh, seven, even the seven six and seven fives that are flying today, than uh, than can be used because the airports are not updated. There, when I retired, there were still old tube-type radars being used on our flights up to Alaska. I assume that by now they've been upgraded. But the airplanes today, are their technology is such that the airplanes can take off, cruise, land, and taxi to the gate, all automated, without ever being touched by a human. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, airport uh, are not uh, outfitted and secure enough so that the aircraft can automatically taxi themselves to the gate, and probably never will be. So the answer to your question is, it appears there's always going to be more technologically advanced aircraft available and there are airports, especially in the United States. The government's always a day late and a dollar short in catching up. With the new technology, is it is it safer for the the passenger than in the olden days when the captain had more control over his aircraft? Well, the captain still has the same amount of control over the aircraft. It's just that uh, we're now, he's now having computers operate things for him. And uh, I think probably it's, it's a little easier to become complacent as a pilot today than it was, uh, you know, when I started in the, in the mid-60s and, uh, uh, where everything had to be monitored because we didn't have uh, engines and, and systems as reliable as they are today. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I certainly think they're uh, they're reliable and they're you know they're fantastic machines. Uh, here we're flying international with two engine uh, airplanes that you know we thought that was an impossibility, but it's because of the uh, reliability of these uh, these aircraft. Last uh, a year ago, December there or November there was a sighting of a UFO over O'Hare Airport. Apparently, the only witnesses to this sighting were the ground crew the ground crew at United Airlines is it possible that an airport as busy as O'Hare and I believe it's either the busiest or the second busiest airport in the United States that a UFO could actually go undetected or unobserved by the majority of people in an airport except for 12 members of a ground crew 
guess it would depend on the size of the uh, how prominent the UFO was and how busy uh, things were mm-hmm. at that time. Because uh, at Atlanta or Chicago, which uh, Atlanta is number one, uh, busiest. Uh, I mean, these guys don't—they don't have time to do anything other than their designated job. They're looking out the windows in a specific direction to watch airplanes taxiing, taking off and landing, and uh, going to the gate, making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. So. You know, everybody could be tied up to the point where if something's out there in a, you know, a particular piece of airspace, they may not have seen it. So it's possible. Is it possible that air traffic control could not have detected a, a UFO that was hovering right over O'Hare Airport? I don't I don't see how it would have been possible to ignore that. This, if, if an unidentified flying object enters into a commercial airspace that is unidentified, what is the protocol? I really don't know. I really don't know. My, uh, my gut instinct says they would ignore it, but uh, I just uh, I, I really don't know around these airports what would happen. I think that the, uh, the UFOs are uh, intelligent enough to pretty much avoid those places. Personally, that's what I feel. Uh, you know, this is a interesting. I told you about the two dogs being in the uh, truck with me during yes. this incident. Uh, my whole passion in life really has been about animals, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I don't get to listen to your program a lot because you're on uh, uh, quite late up here in the Eastern Time Zone. And I don't know, have you ever had anyone on the program who gave their explanation or, or feelings about, you know, what UFOs actually are, who they are, where they come from? I'd like to get that from you when we come back from this commercial break. Okay. John Rose, our very special guest. And again, John, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. John Rowe's website is www.animalnutritionbook.com. And, John, I have to have you back on in the future to talk about animal nutrition. John and I will be back after this commercial break as we continue live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. In the next hour, Cal Core from Cal's Corner and Jason Lee will be joining us as well. one 877 will be the number to call in. And uh, John Rowe and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away, Exxon Nation. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. 
It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. John's website is www.animalnutrition.com. Book.com. Uh, besides being a pilot for 38 years with Delta Airlines, he is a great animal lover. Went to his website, and if you own animals, take a uh, take a trip over there, and uh, you'd be surprised at what is going on with animal nutrition these days. But that's for another show. John, where do UFOs come from? Who are they, and what do they want? I'm sorry, I had a electrical hesitation there in the phone. Tell me again what you said. I was just asking you where the UFOs come from and what do you think they're up to? Well, uh, I'll tell you this. My research and opinion of UFOs will appear in my next book, which is to be released this summer. It is an animal book. Uh, it's important for I think I can tie this all together why we see these unexplained and mysterious objects we call UFOs. I can assure you this, to my knowledge, no one has ever connected UFOs to what I've put together. I think you might find it the most plausible explanation that has been revealed to date. One, A couple things I want to say. You know, fascinations with the spirit world and supernatural beings, it's not uncommon, even though the public seems to want to discount it, especially in the past. Every major religion of the world has experienced this and believes in the world that exists beyond ours. Buddhism, Christians, Hindus, Jews, Islam. And let me make uh, give you a quote from Albert Einstein, which you've probably heard before. I think he was uh, undoubtedly one of the greatest minds ever. This is what he said. The most beautiful experience we can have is the mysterious. The existence of some things we cannot penetrate, which only in their primitive forms are accessible to our minds. It is this knowledge and this emotion that constitute true 
religiosity. In this sense, I am a deeply religious man. There's a lot of uh, heavy thought there. You know, a country singer, a Western singers, Brooks and Dunn, oh, yes. up what uh, what I've said here. They have a song that says, "There's more to life than just what we can see, if only you believe." Believe me, uh, these words have meaning that are far-reaching. John, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that we're able to connect with you again, not only to talk about animal nutrition, but also when your new book comes out, I'd love to have you back on. I'd love to do it. Thank you so much for having me, and I enjoyed it. It's been my pleasure, and thank you very much, and uh, take care of yourself. I will. Good night. Good night, John. John Rowe, www.animalnutritionbook.com, 38 years as a pilot with Delta Airlines, and uh, this was the first time that he talked publicly about his encounters with unidentified flying objects as a member of a commercial aviation company. one 877 is toll-free. And when we come back from the news at the top of the hour, six and a half minutes past, I'll be joined by Cal Korf, and then we will be joined by Jason Lee here on the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on Shortwave. I'll be back after the news. Don't go away.